Welcome to the Solomon's Porch Podcast, the podcast from the worship experience of Solomon's Porch at Valdosta First United Methodist Church. We want you to be encouraged and inspired in your faith journey. So sit back and relax, unless you're driving or using heavy machinery, and enjoy. Those who are on this journey, it's actually a prayer that I think the most Christian-y of us Right, the the longest, uh, you know, the longest card-carrying member of the Christian faith, whoever that is in here this morning, um, whoever has that card, it's still a prayer that we should pray, not just for other people, but it's a prayer we should be praying for ourselves. And um, and this prayer is found in Philippians chapter one. Um, Paul is praying this out of his love for those who, are, who will carry on the message of Christ after him. I mean, he was a church planter. He was one who was establishing churches and setting up the gospel. And this was a prayer that was of great importance to him because he was saying, look, I'm not going to be for here forever. I'm, I'm locked up. I'm, he was getting tossed in, in jail all the time for his beliefs and spending long amounts of time in jail by this. So he's praying this prayer saying, look, someone else is going to have to carry this on. So this is the prayer that Paul prays. Um, he's praying it for the people. He's praying it for the churches that were established. And uh, this is what he prays in Philippians chapter 1, beginning in verse 9. And hear these words uh, from, from, the, from the scriptures. I pray... That your love will overflow more and more. And that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation. The righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ For this will bring much glory and praise to God. See, this was Paul's prayer for the church. This was Paul's prayer for people who were entering into this journey of faith. This was Paul's prayer for the church as it was being established and growing. He was praying this prayer. And so what exactly is in there? What exactly is he praying for? I found two things for sure that I wanted to share with you this morning. The first one is this, and this is why I say this is not just for the newbie. This is for all of us. This was challenging for me because I see Paul saying this, is that love should be increasing and not decreasing. If you're a follower of Christ, your love should be increasing and not decreasing. But how often do we find that believers, followers of Jesus set themselves apart not because of the things they love, but because of what they hate. That Christians are known not for how we love, but they're known for what and who we hate. But see, as a a follower of Jesus, our love should be increasing, not decreasing. This is what it says here in this passage, and it's my prayer that your love will overflow more and more. So do you see how that never stops? I mean, imagine a container holding, holding water, And if it's going to overflow more and more, then what needs to consistently be poured into the container? More water, right? So if we're followers of Jesus and our love is supposed to overflow more and more, then that means the love of Christ should be consistently being poured into us. See, that's the other thing I think that happens as Christians is we kind of just, we cut off the connection. We have that moment, we have that that time, that that run down the aisle moment, that prayer moment, that that, that moment in time we kind of cement and say, that's it, that's when I became a follower of Jesus. And then we just kind of turn the spigot off 
Don't need any more love. Don't need more Jesus. I got it. I'm good. May your love overflow more and more. That means it's got to keep pouring in. This is Paul's prayer for the church. You know, sometimes we start off really well with love, don't we? I mean, think about, I mean, anyone in here had a, had a romantic relationship go bad? Am I the only one, you know? So we start off well with love, but then sometimes it just kind of stops. We just kind of shut it down. It kind of ends. And, and even in, in friendships and in connections with people, we're like, man, I love these people. And somewhere along the way, it just kind of stops. So we're really good at how we start out. Paul's saying, may your love overflow more and more and more. So followers of Christ in here today, allow the love of God to pour into you. If, if, if even if it takes like, you know, the hammer or the wrench to the spigot to kind of loosen that thing because it's been shut off so long, a little WD-40, whatever you got to do, but allow the love of God to pour into your life. For me, that happens in worship. Um, I have a feeling that, that in, in heaven, I'm going to have this little corner, and it's going to look like that over there, and it's going to be, I've got a little chair, and I'm going to sit there. And I, because that, I, I just love worship. I, I, I'm, the Lord, he, he ministers to me. Um, but allow God to pour that love into you so you can overflow with it more and more. So as followers of Christ, as Christians, we are to have that love. We're to have the same love that is exemplified to us through Jesus. We're going to celebrate that in just a little while, even in, in communion. So this love should not decrease. This love should not decrease, or it shouldn't even maintain. Notice what Paul says. May it continue on and on and on. So let's say you have a container with liquid in it, and then maybe underneath that container you put like a baby pool. If you're, that love is pouring into that container and it's overflowing more and more and more, eventually that baby pool is going to be full, right? Not just the container in the middle of it. And then you put that baby pool inside a, a big pool, a regular pool, right? If the love of God is pouring into us and we're living out this prayer that Paul is praying for us, then it should just continually be growing and growing and growing. And folks, I'm challenged by that. But it's a beautiful prayer, not just for the new in faith, not just for the young in faith, for every single one of us. This is my prayer for you. This is my prayer for you, Paul says. Here's another thing that we can find that, um, that Paul is praying, not just about this unconditional Christ-like love. You know, because I think as our love increases, our understanding of God's uh, purposes increase as well. I mean, I found there's times when I don't really fully understand what God is doing. And sometimes it's just because I don't understand what God is doing. But it's other times because I am really kind of removed. I have, I'm not really in his presence. I'm not really in his word. I'm not really worshiping him. I'm not really overflowing with his love. So I'm not really in tune with him. Why am I going to know and understand what's happening? But here's the other thing I see Paul saying in this prayer. Because of this increased love, because of this, and, and hang with me here, I want you to hear this. Because of our increased love and understanding of what God's purposes are in our life, our options change. Remember the, remember the prayer he prayed. He, he prayed this. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will be, keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. Okay, that's the prayer. And then he says this in verse 10, for I want you to understand what really matters. 
so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. Okay, so here's what I mean by this, how our options change by our increased love and understanding. Listen to this. I think we need to hear this. When I think of my daughter Mallory, when I think of all the kids in our ministry, when I think of the babies that were born this year, when I think of our high school grads and, and I think of our amazing, uh, our amazing college students, when I think about all this, when I think about um, the preschool that, that J.D. mentioned, we have this great preschool here at our church and we have this opportunity to offer scholarships to kids who can come here that, that they otherwise would not be able to afford to go anywhere. And so that's one of the things we mentioned that Today, in all of our services, we're taking a special offering. So you'll see, we have this basket here on the corner. If you want to, I mean, just anything that you would want to just put in there will help a scholarship for students coming on. But when I think about all these kids, when I think about these younger people in our community, from the itty-bitties to our, our young adults, I mean, that's what they are. This understanding of growing in God's love is so important because with increased love, our options for how we live out each and every day become greater. Think about it like this. When our choice is only between sinning or not sinning, I mean, when that just when, think about your day-to-day decisions. When our only choice is going, hmm, should I do this? Um, no, that's going to be sinning. So should I, should I sin or should I not sin? When that's our only choice, when that's our only outlook on life, we're really not setting ourselves up for spiritual growth. Okay, think about that for a minute. Because see, what Paul is praying is that we will have a greater knowledge, we will have a greater understanding, that we will mature in the faith. But when all of our decisions are just about should I sin or should I not sin, we're really not, there's really not a lot of growth happening there. So what if instead of sinning or not sinning, and I, and I don't mean to downplay the struggle uh, we all have with sin, it's real. But, but what if our choice wasn't right or wrong? What if that became, as we allowed the love of God, think about this, follow with me. If we allowed the love of God to overflow into our lives, and, and more and more and more, right? We never turned the spigot off. We were constantly seeking him. We were in his presence. We wanted to know his character and who he was and what he wanted for us, right? We allow this. I think that what's going to happen is how we're living outward is going to change. And suddenly, it's not just about, should I do that or should I not? It becomes, okay, that's a really good option, but this is a better one. Suddenly, it becomes, instead of good versus bad, it becomes good and God. See, as we are allowing and we're letting the Holy Spirit of God pour into our lives, we're going to start to see the Lord creating opportunities in us and around us. And suddenly it's not just, should I or shouldn't I? It becomes, wow, which one, Lord? Which one? Which one? This is Paul's prayer for this church. This is Paul's prayer. This is my prayer. This should be the prayer of any of us who say, there's someone coming after me. My prayer for you is that the love of God will overflow from you more and more and more, and that your knowledge and understanding will continue to grow and continue to grow. Not just right or wrong, but now good and, and best, good and God. I mean, do you see how that transports you into maturity? I mean, think about that. How, how that takes you into a mature faith. What's good and what's God? Instead of should I or shouldn't I, and that's a really bad idea. What if we began to pray, Lord, keep me from sin and temptation and show me what is your most excellent 
what is it, Lord, that would bring most glory to you instead of, oh, wow, I really shouldn't do that. God, help me not to do that because that's really bad. That kind of a prayer versus, God, would you show me what is most excellent? Because your love is pouring into my life and it's overflowing more and more and more and I'm understanding you more deeply and I'm, I'm engaging with you more. See how the prayers change? So here's what I would like to offer to you. Today, would you, I encourage you, one, to go back to Philippians chapter 1 and read, read these verses. Read these verses, beginning in verse 9, um, and look at them and, and let them speak to you. Allow the Lord, by his Holy Spirit, to speak this passage to you so that your prayer could be for people who are going to come after you. See, there's going to be people coming after you. There's going to be people coming after you from our high school graduates. There's going to be people coming after them. From our college graduates, there's people coming after you. From our preschool kids, there's going to be kids that come after them. There's, going to be, there's always going to be people coming after us. Our own children. There's always going to be people coming after. You know, from, from the babies born this past year. You know, that, that we would be able to pray a prayer as a church that, that, that those children that we're going to celebrate, that God's love would pour into them and overflow from with them so that as they mature in the faith, that their understanding and their connection to God is greater and greater and greater. I mean, isn't that an amazing prayer to pray? You know, for, for the kids who are going to be singing and sharing and, and doing their thing at, later on in our 11 o'clock sanctuary service, you know, for, for the young family, for the new Christian, for the person who's been doing this for a while, right? And needs to be reminded, would you pray this for me? This is one of the pastors of this church. Would you pray this prayer for me? I would certainly appreciate it. Would you pray this for yourself? This is what I've been praying this week for our church. And as God calls people's names to mind and their faces to mind, I pray, that for, I pray it for them individually. This is what I've been praying. That our love, that your love will overflow more and more. That, that, we will, that we'll keep on growing in knowledge, that we will keep on growing in understanding, that we don't turn it off and say, I don't need any more, I'm done. That we will keep on, that we will keep on, that none of us will ever, ever stop growing in knowledge and understanding so that we will understand, as Paul prayed, what really matters. What really matters. To, to be filled with the fruit of God's Spirit so that, that each day, each of us would seek God's best options, not just should I or shouldn't I, but which one, God, which one, which one most glorifies you? so that we would bring him glory. I mean, that's the whole purpose of, of Paul's prayer, is so that we would be people, wherever we are on the faith journey, who would bring glory to God in our lives, in our words, in our actions. And as I said earlier, this ever, ever increasing love is exemplified right here in the sacrament of communion. I think if you've, if you've been here even one Sunday for communion, 
you have heard me say something like Jesus eating dinner with his friends, sitting down at a table, celebrating a religious feast, one that he did. He was, he was actually a pretty, uh, um, he, he didn't, you know, just chunk the rules out whenever he came on the scene. He said, no, I, I came to fulfill the law. I didn't come to do away with it. So he celebrated the holy, the religious feasts. And they were having a Passover meal. They were celebrating the fact that, that God had spared the firstborn of, of all Israel. He, he spared them. He saved them. He brought them out into salvation. And so they're having this kind of meal, and, and they had their kind of repetitious things that they would say and do. But on this one particular night that we call the Last Supper, which it's funny because it was his Last Supper, but it became our first when you think about it. Um, he took that bread, and, and he said, and he held it up, and he, and he looked, and he said, this, this bread represents my body, my body broken for you. See, suddenly... Paul's prayer that we would grow more and more in knowledge and understanding makes sense because this had to be difficult to understand for his friends there that night at that last first supper. But he gave his life for you and for me. So when you think about that in light of how we live out every day, do we live out every day going, God, how do I honor you because you have given so much to me? Or do we find ourselves with these really, really small prayers like, oh, I probably shouldn't go there. I probably shouldn't do that. I probably shouldn't say that. Boy, let's overflow with the love of Christ so that our prayers become, you've given so much for me, Lord. So much for me. I get to call myself your son. I get to call myself your daughter. I get to live a redeemed life that the old life does not have to be everything anymore. It doesn't have to define me anymore. I can actually walk in new life with you. That's what that growth looks like. So when Jesus said, my body broken for you, let's be reminded of that today. And then that redemption I speak of came because the law that Jesus came to fulfill, the law said that blood had to be used as a payment for sin. And lots of sacrifices had been made up until Jesus. Sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice. And then Jesus said, this cup represents my blood which will be poured out for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Would you pray with me? Thanks for listening to the Solomon's Porch Podcast. We hope you heard some good practical news in this episode that you can apply to your life. If you'd like, we'd love for you to review our podcast on iTunes and share it with your friends. You can also support our ministry by going to theporchvaldosta.com slash give. Until next time, stay classy, listening friends. Mm-hmm.